welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. The legend. I want you to help me out here though. There are a couple of Josephs in the Bible. So, which one do you think I'm going to be speaking about? I mean, I know which one I'd, I'd be taking straight away. The most common one. Tell me, who is it? Oh, Mary's husband. Okay, I could be talking about him. Joseph, an incredible man. Married to Mary. Really, he could have actually divorced her quietly on the side because it was scandalous what had happened. And so we could talk at length about him. But in fact, I'm not going to. So So give me another one. Yes. Joseph, Rachel's son. Yes. That's the one that I thought everyone would choose, and that's the one that I would choose. And the only one I really think of when I think of Joseph in the Bible. Think about it, he was the favoured son. He starts, well, he was one of the younger ones, but he starts in a sense on top because he's the favoured one. And he gets all the privileges. In fact, his um, mum and dad went to Gucci as far as I know, or somewhere, and they got the most amazing coat for him. And of course, that caused so much dissension in the family. Not a good idea. He goes from the top, and literally to the bottom. I mean, he was sold into slavery to Egypt, goes to Egypt, and again, he's in slavery, but somehow he manages to get to the top, controversy, he goes to the bottom again, and then comes back to the top and ends up helping his brothers. Amazing stuff. We could talk at length about him, but no, he's not the one either. So, another Joseph. We've had two. Is there a third? Okay, Joseph of Arimathea. You're probably going to say, Alan, you're not going to talk about him either. Well, Joseph of Arimathea, what an amazing person was he as well. Someone who thought about what are we going to do with Jesus' body. Yeah. And he gives up his own tomb. So he's probably had a, a few people on the... He wasn't a, um, a poor man, but yet he was someone who believed in Jesus. Mm. Kind of kept a little bit quiet, yeah. but he was someone, again, we could talk about at length. But you're right. Not him either. So there are a number of others. Can anyone pick another one? Because <laughs> I'm scratching it now as well. <laughs> okay. How about I give you a clue? This Joseph, we don't tend to know him by his name, Joseph. We know him by his nickname. And that, in fact, we only find out he's called Joseph once in the, in the Bible. Because every other reference to him is by his nickname. Does that give anyone a clue? Someone we only know by their nickname. If I say it starts with B and ends in ends in S, someone's picked it. Who is it? We are talking about Barnabas. Yes. Okay. So we're talking about Barnabas. So he's the one that we are looking at this afternoon. The Joseph that we are looking at this afternoon. As I said, commonly only known by his nickname. Okay. We're talking about him because his name means the son of encouragement. Awesome. And that's something I think we can all deal with. Yeah. We can all, I guess, take on a sense of wanting to be encouraged and to be able to encourage yeah. others. Yes, come on. Now, of course, he's not the only person in the Bible with a nickname. And two of them I really want to meet are James and John. <laughs> they had an incredible nickname, <laughs> the Sons of Thunder. Whoa. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe they <laughs> were like an early biking group. <laughs> think about the Sons of Thunder, I thought, man, how did they get that name? Their donkeys must have been incredible, or camels, or whatever they were riding, I don't know, but I would love to meet them and ask them, how did they get that name? 
Or someone else has got a nickname. Well, it's not really a nickname because that's what we know him as. Think about Simon. He was the original Rocky. He was called Rock. They're from the Greek word Petros, which means, of course, rock. So Peter, the original Rocky from the Bible, another incredible nickname. Anyway, back to Joseph. When we get to know him in Acts, we find he already is commonly known by his nickname, Barnabas, uh, by his nickname Barnabas. And we learn that he's definitely not a myth, but he's already established as somewhat of a legend in the early church. And he's recognized as an encourager. How wonderful to be known yeah. as an encourager. I think that's just brilliant. So in Acts 4, 36 and 37, and I think that's ended up popping up on the screen, it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So straight away, we learn something significant about Barnabas in this first meeting with him. He's a Levite. So a Levite didn't mean he wore Levite jeans, no. It meant that he was from the tribe that the Jewish priests were selected from. And he's already been recognised by the early church. He's recognised by what he was, what he was doing. He was an encourager. And they had then given him that name. And we also learn that he's generous too. He sold a plot of land, probably worth quite a bit. He sells a plot of land and he brought the money and gave it um, the money that was raised and gave it to the apostles. Okay, so that then begs the question, what was Barnabas saying and what was he doing that made him worthy of this title? Well, let's, let's then look at how Barnabas was an encourager um, by learning about the life of this man and his words and his actions. And naturally, we really can't do justice to Barnabas just one message this afternoon. So we have to be a little bit selective. You know, there's so much about him to get to know. But we'll look at the major things he did through some key passages in Acts this afternoon. In Acts 9, we see Barnabas introducing Saul to the believers in Jerusalem. Now, Saul, as you know, was also known as Paul, um, which was his Roman name. And that's used from Acts 13, but we'll oscillate a little bit with you. Hear me calling him Saul, because that's where it's coming from the scriptures. Other times you'll hear him called Paul, but same person. So, as you remember, Saul, he had the Damascus Road experience. He's on his way to Damascus. Suddenly he meets with the risen Christ. And his life was turned around incredibly. He encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus and his life was transformed completely. It turned around from someone who actually went out persecuting Christians um, to becoming a Christian himself. I mean, what a radical change. Incredible. The power of Christ in someone's life. And that happened to to Paul. So he becomes then a Christian who starts to go out and speak boldly himself. And he fearlessly tells people about the risen Christ. Amazing stuff. And to say that Jesus was really the promised Messiah. Mm. Well, unfortunately, that didn't go down too well with the Jews in Damascus. And eventually Saul had his life in danger. And so, you know, the, the supporters of him worked out a way, okay, we need to get him out of here. And he escaped over the war one night and escaped um, the persecution that might've been coming to him. So he then sets off to Jerusalem with the intention of joining the church there. 
Well, sadly for Saul, pretty unfortunate, he wasn't so welcome in Jerusalem either. And if it wasn't for Barnabas, the encourager, without his actions and his words, and when him seeing Saul's potential, and for Barnabas to stand by his side, it could have been a very, very different outcome. Yeah, that's right. So in Acts 9.26 we read, When he, that is Saul, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that, in, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas, I mean, I love that passage, but Barnabas. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul, Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So good. Yeah. An amazing transformation. Yeah. So Barnabas really, though, here, he put his reputation on the line. Yeah. He believed in Saul, believed this remarkable transformation from someone so antagonistic to the gospel to one of its most influential presenters. Yeah. Incredible change. So Barnabas was a man of action in this instance. He stood up for Saul. He advocated for him. And in doing this, Saul was accepted into the church. Even though some still had their misgivings, he was accepted into the church. Barnabas, though, he continues to minister in Jerusalem church. But then he was called into action in a different context. The church in Antioch was growing exponentially, with more and more people of non-Jewish origin coming to faith in Jesus. So the apostles in Jerusalem heard about this, and who did they choose to send? Let's send Barnabas. <laughs> Let's send Barnabas then to work with the church in Antioch. Great. And to me, this shows how flexible he is as a person. Yeah. Mm. How trusted Barnabas was in the church. How he was willing to work with people of non-Jewish heritage. And not only people in non-Jewish heritage, but large, large numbers mm. of them. And off he goes to work with them. And in this instance, we see Barnabas willing to go to a completely different locality to be of service to the people there. Yeah. And it made me think of um, Rachel, Rachel Dobra or Rachel yes. Satoris from yes. uh, C3 in Hepburn Heights, part of our church. Mm. And she went off from a church over to the Bukit in Indonesia, mm. seen by our church leadership as having the gifting within her to go out and to encourage the people mm. and equip the people in the church in Bali. Yeah. She may not have been able to do it under her own steam, but the church saw the potential in her yeah. and supported her to take that next step. Not an easy task, no. going to another region, another group of people, different language, mm -hmm. away from home, away from family. Mm -hmm. But that's what the ministry of the gospel can be all about. Yeah, that's right. Barnabas, when he arrives in Antioch, we read about his work in Acts 11, 23 and 24, where it says, when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Just as a little aside, I mean, look up Bible Gateway and put in Barnabas. And then watch what he does as you go through Acts. It really is um, having Bible Gateway or a Bible app makes such a difference these days yeah. to be able to go and follow something through that you might want to like. 
Try it with Barnabas and then try it with others as well. Anyway, I digress. Um, we learn a number of things from this passage. Okay, He arrives and he sees God grace, God's grace on the people. And now this is not just Jewish people here. Here we are seeing non-Jews or, or Gentiles coming to faith. And this was something pretty new for the church. Yeah. Something they weren't really quite, you know, not sure what was going to happen. But Barnabas was the one that was chosen to go and work with them. Yeah. And it was quite a departure from the norm up until then. And we see that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's not, not operating under his own steam. Mm, right. Not operating under his own energy. He's energised by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the Holy Spirit that was working through him. He was a man of faith, leading people to Christ. He's teaching, he's preaching, he's exhorting them, exhorting people in the church. And exhorting means to really strongly encourage, to urge, to build up. And this is what he was doing in the church. As we follow Barnabas' story in Acts, things were flourishing in the Antioch, in the Antioch church. And he wants to enlist some help. He realises, I can't do all this on my own. So, of course, he goes to Tarsus, Saul's home city, where Saul was. After he Saul, again, um, people in Jerusalem were kind of not liking too much there either. So he'd gone back to Tarsus. Barnabas travelled down to Tarsus to find Saul, to bring him back to Antioch, and then they worked together in the church. For a year, they were working together in the church. An incredible thing, Antioch has this great um, recognition. That's the place where Christians were first recognised as Christians. Yeah. What an amazing thing. So Who was in that church? Oh, it was Barnabas and Saul, and they were working together. Now, obviously, they worked well together. Their teaching and their prophetic ministry was recognised by the church. Mm. So then they are commissioned by the church to head off on a big missionary journey. As it says in Acts 13, 1. Now they're in the church at Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, and I just wrote a number of others, but you can see them up there, Simeon, uh, Lucius, and ones that I can't pronounce, so that's why I left them out. <laughs> so Barnabas and all those others, and of course, Saul. So while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and, and they sent them off. Well, they went off on this huge missionary journey, taking others with them, including Barnabas' cousin Mark. Now, a number of times, Luke records Barnabas and Saul speaking boldly in the synagogues. So they're going off to these different cities and they're speaking in the synagogues. However, there becomes a subtle shift in Acts as we read through it, and Saul or now Paul, as it's from Acts 13, starts to be mentioned before Barnabas. Mm. Always before that had been Barnabas and Saul. And as we read through, it starts to change to um, Paul and Barnabas. And here's where we see something of Barnabas's character. He was willing to let go of the lead. Mm. Was willing to step back and to allow this protege of his to take the leading role, even though Barnabas himself was incredibly capable. Mm. And that can be, I think, a very difficult thing to do, to step back from a leadership position. Not necessarily easily, easy at all, but a true encourager can make it happen. Yeah. We can learn a lot here from Barnabas. Encouraging others can mean building them up, yeah. stepping back, 
and letting them go and shine. And then we have to ask the questions. I'm speaking about Barnabas in absolutely glowing terms, and he is. He's one of my heroes of the Bible. I love to um, find more out about him and study him. Was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. He did slip up one stage. Um, he got sucked into some controversy in the early church regarding still adhering to, to Jewish um, practices. You can read about that in Galatians 2. But for me, it's encouraging to find that we can be restored if we slip up. We know that Barnabas was restored. Yeah. It was a slip up, he learned from it, okay, we'll move on. Because he'd been going out to non-Jewish people and for a while, unfortunately, he, he slipped up, but he was restored. And our God is an amazing God. Yeah. God of forgiveness, yeah. God of compassion, yeah. a God of care. And I'm so glad about that. Yeah, amen. I have to ask another question. Did he always get along with Paul? <laughs> well, from my rhetorical question before, no, not always. In fact, and this is where I love the honesty of the, honesty of the scriptures, they had a major disagreement mm. over Barnabas's cousin, John Mark. In Acts 15, we're told, they disagreed about taking John Mark with them on another big missionary journey. Paul felt that Mark had actually deserved them on their first journey because it just said in Acts that he left them and went back to Jerusalem. Paul felt he had deserted them and uh, left them on their own. And so he didn't want to take him again. So in fact, they split up and became two separate missionary teams. And sadly, that's the last we hear of Barnabas in Acts. That's the end of it. But it's not the end of the story. As I believe, Barnabas kept up his ministry of encouragement. So how do we know that? Well, a couple of things. John Mark wrote Mark's Gospel. John Mark, who was Barnabas's cousin. So I believe that he kept up his, Barnabas kept up his ministry of encouragement. And later, Paul actually writes that Mark was helpful to him, as in Paul. So we can see that again, there was a restored relationship there too. So it's my belief then that Barnabas kept doing what he'd always been doing. He kept on encouraging others to build them up and restore them to ministry. And the result, Mark was restored and went on to work with Paul again. And while the second gospel was written, a marvellous contribution to the Christian church. Mark's gospel, actually my favourite gospel. Not just because it's the shortest, but it's got... <laughs> and it's the only gospel, by the way, that mentions that James and John were the sons of thunder. So probably another reason. Anyway, I digress again. So on restoration, I'm reminded of an old song from the 80s, and sorry, I'm showing my age again. That song was written by Chuck Gerard, and it says over and over in the refrain, don't shoot the wounded, they need you more than ever. Don't shoot the wounded, someday you might be one. So too often, uh, you know, it's probably easy to kick someone when they're down, rather than to build someone up and to encourage them. What does Barnabas do? I'm sure he's the one that was picking people up and encouraged them. Yeah. And as I've said, we can learn a lot from him. He's shown us that, in, that encouragement is ministering to others. It involves words that empower. Mm. Now I want to make it clear here that it's very different to flattery. Mm, yeah. As one definition says, flattery is excessive and insincere praise, mm. given especially to further one's own interests. Right. Well, flattery could not be further from what Barnabas did. His words gave people confidence and support. They weren't self-seeking or insecure at all. They allowed others to flourish and to take the lead, 
to be built up. And we can do the same with our words too, to build others up so that they too can flourish. And we know that encouragement involves action. Barnabas showed this by selling some land and giving it to the church. He raised money for the people in need in Judea during the famine. He was open to God's leading and he travelled off to other places to support ministries in different countries and contexts. So then what does encouragement mean for us personally? Well, I think we need to be open to God's leading. It might be to support and encourage a ministry like Destiny Rescue or support chaplains in school like our lovely chaplain right here in the front row. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it might be to support Operation Christmas Child. Whatever you felt led to do, that can be part of our action. It could be in your ties and financial support of the church mm -hmm. and for the churches beyond ministries. Yeah. Something again, so, so wonderful in how we can support and encourage beyond the church here. Yeah. And it could be through prayer, prayer, supporting and encouraging pastors and church leaders, supporting and encouraging, encouraging friends and family members, building them up, especially through times of difficult, difficult circumstances. And it could be to support people in practical ways, like a letter, a card, joining a meal train to help people when they need it. So then, Let's learn from Barnabas, this legend of the Christian faith. And let's be people who minister to others, putting others first, seeing potential and supporting others to flourish. It's a great example we've had from Barnabas, but it's also a great challenge. So let's take up that challenge. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.